Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that shit on everything. Craig! Is that you? It's me! I'm back! I thought you retired. No. What's going on? No. Rumors rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated, I think. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was I I thought I was gonna have to cobble together like random co-hosts. Like, well, you know, forever. I, I kinda I kinda thought that at first too. So I was like, yeah, I was like, man, I just need, I just need a break. I just need a break. I need a break. I need a break from everything. I need a break. It's too much. Everything's too much. And, uh, and then, you know, Sarah, God bless her was like, no, you, you, you need to keep doing the podcast. She's like, that's good for you. You should keep doing that. Okay. Twist my arm. Twist my arm. Sarah's, Sarah's trying to angle her way into the podcast. I know. Oh, she, she asks me every week. Is this the week? Is this the week that you have me on the podcast? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so at some point, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to have to make good on that. I don't know. Maybe we need to finally get off our asses and, and do the whole, uh, you know, monetize the podcast thing and do some special episodes and then, then have our significant others tell embarrassing stories about us that, that, that would sell subscriptions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if we get Amanda to talk on, on a podcast that we better yes. get money out of that. And she'll ask yes. for money for that. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, totally. I know Sarah has this dream of coming on the podcast and talking about real housewives with Amanda. So yeah, I don't know. That's, that's not really my bag, but you know, they have like to give Amanda several glasses of wine before <laughs> she will be willing make, to do that make sarah a couple of cosmos that's uh yeah, that's her exactly. favorite drink and and then, both uh, those and then are, we could probably just we could probably just get out of the way at that point yep exactly um totally fine uh you know i've i've watched some of the ones so i would know who some of these people are and yes. you know welcome to podcast versus everyone <laughs> episode 183 i'm craig yeah. powers and with me back again to talk about Real Housewives, what we're always here to talk about, your favorite Real Housewives podcast and your favorite Real Housewives of New Jersey expert, Jeff Newser. <laughs> Welcome back, Jeff. I know you can't say as always anymore because now the streak has been I broken. I almost did. In my head, I was like, <laughs> don't say it. You ruined almost me, Jeff. Almost as always. Almost you as me, always. Jeff. Okay, but, 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 I do have to say, like, uh, last week's show with Emma was fantastic. Like, I had so much fun, uh, listening to that. And I know that part of it is, 
um, you know, that I know Emma, right? So listening to her yeah. and, and you and talk to each other, like it's, you know, it's my friend talking on the podcast, my, my two friends. So it's like, you know, obviously that was, was entertaining for me, but, but I hope everybody else enjoyed it too. Cause it was, uh, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It sounded like you had a lot of fun making it. When they, when they, uh, everyone heard, uh, your voice at the start, I'm um, saying, hi, Craig, they, they, their shoulders slumped in their car and they're just <laughs> like, true. damn it. I thought Emma I was, was like, shit, man. I thought, I thought Emma was <laughs> taking over this whole thing. No, no. Emma's, Emma's, Emma's got her hands full running the website now. So, and she I, truly is running the website. She book. is. I did, like, <laughs> she if is. you, like, Jeff and I are like, she'll, she'll ask me a question here or there, but like, that, that is it. Like, I don't, I don't even know what's going on most of the time. Like, Jeff is not Which doing is a goddamn great. thing. It's exactly what yes. he wanted. Emma it has taken exactly it. What I like, wanted. she, she got, she got, she got Steven to write again. Like, we're just, we're, she's crushing it. Um, yeah. apparently, you know, she just asked nicer. People actually want to listen to her. Like, so yeah. it's good. She, she's editing Bryce's four, 14,000 word posts. Like, it's great. You know, just. <laughs> It's so true. Should should have had a young person <laughs> Sorry, doing this shit all along. I know. Just get the young I people. I Blogging know. is a like, young person's game. It absolutely is. I you know, it was funny, like um I've done it for so long that I kind of thought like there there's a point where you can't imagine yourself not doing it right like you're just like i mean i was with this thing from the very beginning uh and and we're talking like the very 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 beginning like i i emailed god who was it back then i don't know this is like uh late spring 2008 and i emailed i think peter bean who was Mm -hmm the guy in charge of burnt orange nation at the time. And he was kind of in charge of the SB nation blogs. And, and I, I, I want to say like, there were like under, I don't know, maybe like around a hundred college blogs. That was it. Uh, or maybe less. I don't even remember, man. It was, it was not very many. Um, and there wasn't a WSU blog. And so I was like, Hey man, I, I do this thing over here with the basketball team. And, uh, are, are you looking for a, for, for a WSU site? And they were like, back in the day of SB Nation, sure. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, that's like, kind of sure, how not? they did stuff. Sure, why not? Um, and so, yeah, so like we, you know, created this thing from scratch. Back then, it really was just a blog, like truly like the way that um, we remember blogs initially, which is just like, you know, a single page with like yeah. words straight down the page. Um and like to, to get it to jump to a new page, I had to insert a little thing that said, continue story, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like other, cause I could actually put the whole story on one. Page well, when we said, but you literally back then would say below the break. And it's funny yes. if you go back, if you go back to those posts, it just says below the break and then there's no break. Yeah. And that just and keeps no break going. Anymore. It makes no fucking sense now. <laughs> I know. And, uh, so, you know, like truly this thing has been, Coog Center has been my baby since, you know, uh, we launched in August, 2008. Um, and, and I, I, I can quite literally say that I, I don't think there was a day in my life since August, 2008 that I didn't do some kind of work or think in some degree or stop by the site or leave a comment or check on traffic or what, like, I mean, truly like something every single day. Um, and eventually just got to a point where I was like, 
I, I've been doing this for a long time and I'm like, you know, I just need to, I just, I need a break, man. I, I was so worn out doing so much writing, uh, covering stuff and I just need a break. And I was like, Hey, who wants to do this? And Emma was like, I, I, I think I want to do it. And I was like, all right, okay, let's, let's do this. And like you said, man, she has just picked it up and run with it. I'm like, I'm thrilled, uh, for what's going on. You know, it's, I, I I'm leaving the door open for maybe, you know, coming back and doing something at some point with that, you know, has to do with managing or whatever. But, um, but I'm not, I'm not counting on it, man. She's, she's killing it. And, uh, I'll probably do a little bit of writing here and there. I haven't really felt up to that yet. Um, but I am, I am getting the itch a little bit. Like I want yeah, I, 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 I was, I, I know I was itching to write after, uh, you know, we'll get to basketball eventually. I, I was kind of itching to write after the Utah game. Cause I was so like, bummed out and whatever about that game but um yeah so i'll be i will still scratch that itch the podcast isn't going anywhere um in fact we have we we would love to expand this endeavor we've we've talked about a lot so hopefully we'll get on that at at some point <laughs> like uh yeah yeah so i'm 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 proud of him i'm yeah. thrilled for coog center and i think it's going to be better i think it's going to be better for everyone yeah i kind of felt bad when you when you first um brought this up to me it was originally you were going to take a step away from the podcast for a little bit. And I, and I was like, yeah, and I, I, in my mind, I'm like, well, if he leaves her a couple of months, I don't want to shut it down for a couple of months. I don't like, but there's a lot of, a lot of y'all like come up to me and tell me you, you love listening to it. Thank you. All that stuff. And, I, and it's great to hear that stuff. And so now it's not just, I get to talk to my friend. Now people actually listen to it and they, and they want yeah. to hear about it and people get mad at us. if We don't, or an episode. So <laughs> I kind of felt bad. Yeah. It was like, that's really good, Jeff. That's good for you. Um, yeah. Uh, can, can you send me the podcast, pa- the, 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 <laughs> the, the podcast recording password so I could keep doing this? Yeah. And I, you know, and I definitely, I definitely, uh, mixed and edited last week's podcast for you guys because there was yep. no way you were going to be able to do that. So, nope. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to be back doing this. I, I, yeah, it's, it's one of the highlights of my week sitting down and talking with you about the Cougs and, whatever else. And so, yeah, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad I still have this and I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting cold Turkey. I don't, I don't think I could, I don't think I could do that I, too much, too much time doing that. So yeah. But poor, poor Sarah would just have to listen to all your thoughts about Wazoo all the time. It's so constantly. True. It's, it's, it's so a, like she already you, won't you, sit in the room with me. So during games, yeah. <laughs> cause I'm going nuts. And I'm stressing her out because I'm yelling at the TV. She tried to, what the game did she try? She tried to sit down with me for a little while during the Utah game. Um, oh, no. Which was, it, as it turns out, was not a good game to try and sit down and watch with no. me. <laughs> like, no. it's not just that we lost the way we lost that I was like pulling my hair out. And, uh, you know, so she just, she, I, I, I tried to convince her that that was just, you know, some unfortunate uh, timing, that that was the one that she chose to try and sit down with me on. But, uh, she was she wasn't buying it. She wasn't buying it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, since since you're back, we gotta we gotta dive right back in. Um, we will talk about hoops in a little bit, but I know that something's probably a more popular topic right now. Uh, not necessarily popular, but uh, commonly t- discussed is the transfer portal, mm-hmm. and that. Opened up, you know, we, we all felt it at this big, huge, uh, hole in the universe, uh, opened up <laughs> this week. And it, it was that, that day it opened was 
just beyond anything. Like uh, signing day, you kind of expect most of everything that has happened already, but transfer portal day, it was just you're on Twitter and it's just name after name after name and WSU on every fucking team in the country. You know, seven to ten players. You're thinking every single time for all day long. All, you know, bowl teams. Oh, it doesn't even matter. You know, successful teams. It doesn't matter. Um, just constant. And it's been, you know, and then it's been a steady stream after that of just more guys entering the transfer portal. It's funny. We, you know, you always make fun entering the transfer portal. It's it's literally just putting your name on a on a spreadsheet. But right, it's more fun to say that entering the portal. Yes, they um, but yeah, the w- portal. Um, no surprise, WSU, obviously given the, the coaching changes, the staff changes, and, you know, WSU also, uh, um, losing its defensive coordinator, Brian Shaw. Um, so we, we knew there was going to be some changes. Uh, but yeah, so WSU so far is how many? Seven, at least seven, air the portal. Um, some of the big names, uh, Dejan Stribling, Donovan Ollie, uh, you have, um, uh, we had a couple guys that, you know, that didn't play a ton, uh, but, um, Eric Wilder, uh, let's see, who are the other ones? Uh, Erger and Shepard, Gabriel Lopez, Gavin Bartil, uh, Justin Lorenz. Um, and then, uh, already we had seen Xavier Ward, Travion Brown, and, uh, Javensley Bazil. Um, now Xavier Ward, that seems obvious, you know, he wasn't going to see the field. He was third street quarterback. He wasn't going to see the field. Travion Brown, um, what we've seen now yesterday, it was like yesterday today, Francisco Malagoa entered the transfer portal. It feels like yesterday, but that was this morning. (laughs) That was this morning. Uh, Francisco Mavagoa has now entered the portal. So Travion Brown, uh, who probably in, in some there, may have transferred because Francisco was going to come like take it was taking his job. Now they're both in the portal, which they could come. Well, you know, Brown could come back if he wants to. We obviously saw Mo come back, and um, but it's uh, yeah, it's just wild. You know, it's wild that. This the steady stream of players that are leaving. Um, if you know us, all, those of us that followed college basketball closely were not surprised by this because uh, yeah. we saw it in the spring, right? And really, in college basketball, it was a much higher percentage of players on the rosters that were leaving. You, know, yes. you look at WSU; it was like a, a third of the roster entered the portal, and and so um, and then you fill it in with another, you know, the same amount of guys. But yeah, this, um, and, and now it's, you look at this and you assume these guys are leaving. If they end the portal, just kind of assume they're leaving. What, what now do you see are holes in WSU that they're going to now have to work to fill with through the portal? And what are they going to need to be able to do that? Um, considering the world of NIL right now. Yeah, I I don't think so. Obviously, okay. So if we're talking positions of need, I, right now it's, it sure feels like linebacker. Now uh, you went you went from feeling like linebacker was a super deep 
position group to now going, well, holy shit, Henley's gone. Uh, Mauingo is gone. And, and he was a guy who that guy's a legit star. Like he's going to be the first team all pack 12 type guy or would have been a first team all pack 12 guy there at that middle linebacker spot. Um, he's, he's an absolute stud. And, you know, the reporting from Coog fan is that, you know, perhaps Miami, uh, is, is a destination to kind of, you know, putting two and two and two together. Um, his brother has committed to play at Miami. Miami's got a huge, uh, a huge NIL collective down there handing out money. Um, so not a huge, and then, you know, you got Joe Salvea is down there. Um, of course, you know, recruiting, um, Samoa. So it, not a shock that he would, you know, leave and go there once I kind of knew the story. But when I first saw the news, I was like, Oh shit, you know? So losing him hurts really bad. Travion Brown, like you mentioned, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's may if, if his reason for going had to do with playing time, maybe there's a path for him to come back. But you know, those were your two top middle linebackers. Um, and so they're gone, uh, or at least as of the moment they're gone. And then wide receiver is, you know, is taking a hit. I, I don't know that I'm too, I, I don't know that I'm too broken up about the departure of Donovan Ollie. Um, I, you know, I, I like him. Uh, I like him as a receiver, but it seems pretty clear that Jake Dickert has, has a type that he's envisioning for his outside receivers. And Ollie doesn't really fit that. Um, he wants guys who are sort of long and fast. Um, and Ollie, Ollie's a lot like, you know, some of the guys that Mike Leach had. I mean, and Ollie was a Mike Leach recruit, I think. Um, you know, he's a lot like some of the guys that Leach had playing out there, you know, your Des Patman types, your Vince Maley types, you know, just kind of the big thick right. guys, um, you know, who can, who can work in possession. You're not really trying to stretch the field with, with a pure air raid. Uh, Digger wants to stretch the field. So it doesn't surprise me that Donovan Ollie, um, is, is trying to find a different spot. You know, I, uh, you know, it, it's a bummer, but whatever. Stribbling, Dijon Stribbling is the one that, that bums me out a little bit more because um, he had such a nice freshman year. Uh, this year, uh, you know, just for whatever reason, couldn't really get on track. Um, you know, wasn't doing what they want him to do at outside receiver or they just decided that maybe they're better off they move him inside. But whatever the case was, he got moved around a lot. And that do that doesn't ever feel good for a guy unless you're moving him around a lot and he's still catching a bunch of balls, which he wasn't doing. So it's like it just kind of felt like maybe just the the fit wasn't there. And I think we all kind of thought maybe after last year he might go. He's a kid from Hawaii, was a Rolovich recruit, um, you know, maybe with with all the offensive coaches that moved on, maybe he goes too. Um, he stayed, so we were all thrilled. Um, so I'm not shocked that he's going now. I still think there's there's some potential there, but you know, it kind of bums me out. At, at wide receiver, I think the issue just is numbers. Like, <laughs> like I don't know who's you know at outside receiver. You know, you're you're talking Leighton Smithson, right? True freshman who who's who played really well this year, but you know, still real young. You're talking. Uh, Cyan Nunnally, who I, th I want to say is a sophomore, but, um, you know, and, and yeah. did some nice things getting open, but, but has a very difficult time securing the football. Um, yeah. and, and then it's like, I don't, like outside receiver. I don't know who else, I don't know who else there is. Um, so that's, that's obviously a position of need. They, they're going to need to hit in, in the portal as well. Yeah. And, and otherwise, you know, and obviously you kind of hope they, they can, um, bring in some offensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, that would be, yeah. that would be good. I mean, the good news uh, is we didn't, we didn't lose any of the guys who are 
currently playing, right? So, I mean, Wilder, you know, was a guy who, you know, of course, he's mid-three-star recruit. You want him to, you know, you'd like to see a guy like that stick around and develop. Yeah, but big also, guy. Yeah. yeah, but also it's like, you know, I, I don't know that you're, 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 you know, dying with, with him moving on and, and none of the guys that you counted on this year. I mean, you're only graduating, graduating one guy, right? Which is uh, right. Stevens. So almost everybody's back. You feel good about that. Um, so yeah, of course you'd like to add some talent there. No doubt. Um, if you can get some help there, that's fantastic, but at least guess, we're not, yeah, and, the, and the numbers, at least we're not the dealing numbers with there attrition. Are, the numbers there are, are still lots. It, it, it's going to take some adjusting that we were so used to in the leech years. We carry like 15 or more offensive linemen on scholarship. Oh, and man, we don't have that 20 to 25. Anymore. Yeah. yeah and, and we don't have like that anymore. Five guys. And so it's just, you always like feel uncomfortable because it's like, oh, like you just, you just, they're just throwing, um, darts blind and how, and whatever one sticks, like, you know, it, it, but now we're not doing that. So yeah, you know, that those guys will definitely have to improve because I was and glaringly, although I'll say I've seen some, you know, graded stuff in, I've seen some grading around this and I, I kind of believe it is that they actually ran block pretty well. Um, it was just their pass protection was awful. Yep. And so yep. that's, that's where they were, they're where they're going to have to improve. Um, yep. and, and they did sort of, you know, a lot of these guys blocking was like the, the way they come out of their stance, every, everything, the, the way they, they block at the air raid is, is different. Cause even, you know, even when you're running, like it's a little bit different and, and, you know, you have the, the gaps versus with the, um, the run and shoot. So maybe some, one more year of, of those reps can help them out there. But yeah, so, but now it's when it comes to bringing guys in, um, we've seen the numbers that Cougar collect, you know, some of the numbers that we've Cougar collective has shared, uh, which the, the numbers don't really, it, you know, they, they recently ran a, um, you know, uh, a, a, a matching drive. And I think it brought in about $70,000, but uh, Robbie Tobek uh, m- recorded a message and said that uh, WSU needs at least three and a half million dollars a year for NIL. Mm-hmm. That's that's his. That's, you know, obviously he's working with me, but I don't even think that's an exaggeration to be honest. Because that's no, three and a half so million, either. not just for football. That's that's for all the sport. That's for men's basketball. That's for women's basketball. That's for everyone. Um, so yeah, I, I, I believe that. And I think that it's likely that the Cougar collective, it would, I don't even know if the crypto Cougs thing is still going on or whatever. Um, but you know, let's just say the Cougar collective is obviously the one that has, uh, um, been able to be the, be prominent. And so, you know, Cougar collective, it, it, it doesn't seem they're anywhere close to that right now. And, and so, (laughs) and, and we know from, you know, we, I know the bat, the basketball team. They they weren't gonna really, they didn't really have the the money to bring back like FA. It, it, it was really like you were you, you weren't gonna match like what even he could get some other places. You were kind of hoping that he just wanted to come back and, and you know stuff like that. You know, and so and we, we we've heard from you know from WSU you know that it they don't really have like the the coffers that some of these ones you know. The, the rumors around what, um, what, uh, um, fuck, <laughs> uh, P- Penix is getting to come yeah. back at you. 
you had to assume that he was getting a big, because uh, he was at least a second round uh, grade and, and probably going to make a, you know, a couple million dollars next year in the NFL. And he's coming back to play at UW and you know, someone is dropping, you know, they probably cobbled together a few million dollars to give to him to come play. And there's no way WSU can do that at the moment. No. Because we talk about... It's the same problem we've always had, which is we've got lots of willing small donors, right? So you go to the Cougar Collective website and it's like, join the 1890 club. I was looking at it tonight. It's great. Like, like I think that's awesome. Um, It's, you know, hey, join for $18.90 a month. Okay, fine. I will probably join for $18.90 a month because that's something I can definitely do. I'm a fucking teacher, right? Like... I'm not joining for the hundred dollars a month. Like that's not really something that I'm interested in doing fine. But it's like the problem isn't me or people like me. The problem is we don't have a bunch of this is going to sound so crass and so misogynistic, but the big, you know, blank swingers who want to go and throw their money around to show everybody how important they are. We don't have those guys who, you know, run around cutting million dollar, $2 million checks just because they want to see their team win. Right. We don't have that. And, you know, Pat Chun has been struggling with that for years. Right. Like it's it's like it's it's in our DNA to be tightwads. But beyond that, we just like, you know, like a lot of schools, a lot of land grant schools, you're, you're not also not really producing the kinds of graduates that go out and make you know, tens of millions of dollars a year, right? Like we're not, we're not producing lawyers. We are finally producing doctors, but even the doctors we're producing are not necessarily the kinds of doctors, right? That are going to give back, you know, a million dollars a year or something, right? We're producing, and this was part of the mission, right? We're producing doctors to go, you know, serve in underserved areas, particularly rural areas, right? Like, like that's the mission of the Elson Floyd medical school. So like, I, I don't know how this gets rectified. I have no idea how this gets better. I, I, you know, I have no idea where, um, two and a half million dollars a year comes from on something like this, right? Because you have to have people who believe that, yes, it's good to just give, you know, two and a half million dollars a year to athletes. And man, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And I think Tobek is absolutely right. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Like you said, I, I just don't know where, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how we find it. Um, I, I truly don't know. And we, we just need, we really need some kind of benefactor who, who wants to, you know, just for the fun of it, uh, you know, try to pay players to be, you know, to make his teams good or her teams good. But, you know, we've never had that. So I don't know. Well, and, Here's here's what here's what I, I think ultimately might benefit WSU is that it kind of looks like the big guys are getting the bulk of the money and then they're the kind of mid tier guys are not getting that money. Right. Like you're they're the the quarterbacks, the five star guys. Like if Michael Penix Jr. got three million dollars, do you really think they're spending that much more? Like are the are the Duda boosters are they given a ton of money to a bunch of other guys in the program. Like how no, much money not. is there for this? Like, like, so if, if, you know, if one guy's getting 3 million, I, I see, which honestly, 
like the the year he had and and what you expect him to do next year it's not surprising that boosters because these boosters instead of giving like we talked about before there in a lot of schools boosters were giving kids this money like not maybe money at least some money before like this is not new to them this is above board now and they can like claim it on their taxes even i think um but but yeah but uh but it's like I three million, but is like is like your your wide wide receiver two getting what does he get? It like you know, it, it's not that much. It's just to add up to the three and a half million. There's a lot of different players. Now I think that I think that number three and a half million is especially like it's more on if you want us to be good. Like this is what it looks like. Now this is where the danger is. Is like WSU could have to cobble together, you know, guys that basically how they have had to do in recruit like high school recruiting a lot of the time is is find guys that no one else wants and hopes hope they can you know find those those diamonds in the rough. But so, but if if you have that three and a half million dollars, WSU can then be a player in the market and maybe get guys that they normally couldn't get before, and that's where that's where it changes. But like like we've said, it, it just seems like man, something has to change in the WSU alumni base if they're going to be able to do that um, because it's just not and 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 it, it sucks because WSU kind of like we've seen in the last uh, eight years that WSU could still play like they they upgraded. They they had a, a shitty time of it. They upgraded the facilities that brought them at a level at least on par for a bit ahead of some of their peers. But then now, at the very least, they're on par with a lot of their their peers in terms of their football facilities. And they've been able to use that to kind of – and then bring in coaches that are looking for inefficiencies. And they've been able to use those things – so they could still look for inefficiencies, but still kind of recruit that base level, like three star, mid three star guy that has been coming to WSU. The the worry is that if WSU doesn't have the money in NIL, they can no longer. They're no longer. It it becomes the same as when they were behind in facilities. They're no longer. Um, meeting with some of their peers they're, they're they're falling further behind their peers that they're already behind in other areas um such as like location <laughs> um and and so they're already for, falling further behind so wc basically needs to have a certain few million dollars to get back up to it's like building that goddamn football complex again it's like building that ipf that they've just raised three million dollars to build you're almost like we would have been better off spending three million dollars on just on nil. <laughs> just cash. like hey, all those people, can you convert those donations over to Coop yeah. Collective real quick? Yeah. Um, because now it's like I in this era now I I think we like we we have seen the end of the ridiculous uh, f- facility era because yeah. I guarantee a lot of these donors instead of building the facility and hoping that attracts the player. Wait, I could just give the money right, right. to well, I'll I give it to like I'll give it to the Coup Collective and they'll give it to the player, then yeah. the player will come. 
And also, if they don't come, they don't get the money. So I haven't spent the money if the player doesn't come. But if you're if you're Phil Knight and you've spent fucking a billion dollars on facilities at Oregon, it worked. It definitely worked. Like all their fucking sports are good now. But but also that didn't make the players come. Like they because we've seen certain Oregon coaches have better you know success than others. Now they could be like, yeah, like I could give you more money to come to my thing. And they have, so I, I think like the end of the, where college facilities are better than professional facilities that are yep. is over. But, yep. and so, cause that money's going direct, but WSU didn't build that, that football facility with donor money. You know, they, 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 you could, you could say they got that a donation, which they have not, they won't receive until, um, uh, until, uh, the donor dies uh, to, to uh, as part of it, uh, but they they built that with bonds and expected TV revenue. Yep. And they uh, now the IPF fundraising was impressive, but yep. they're going to have to take that energy and W, which is hard for the actual university. And you've seen the I'm going on a rant here, but if you see the the the, the university, I think was a little hesitant to dive into. The, the NIL fundraising at first, but now yeah. I, I, you know, you're seeing Pat Chun and Jake Dicker, uh, yeah. pop up on the Coog Collective stuff. And so you could see that they're, they're involved in it now. They know it's important because it, it does directly detract from the calf. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Like, <laughs> Uh, people are going to make decisions about where their money goes. And even if they're not taking away their donation from the calf, that donation that maybe you could have convinced them to give to the calf to to make to to bolster what they give now maybe you're hoping they give it to the collective so there is a bit of a, a fight there uh, but I, I think it's good to see that maybe they'll come together now because truly like what we're going to see in the portal uh, that that this could be a you know a bit of a scary time if WCU doesn't have the money to like bring players in. So it's going to be interesting to watch over the next few months. Um, and I know it's, it's it for basketball. It's, it's just like a, it's a whole new thing. It's, it's kind of exhausting as a fan. I get why people hate it, but you also have the part where, um, the players have been shot, probably should have been earning money all along. Um, and this is, and, and because universities won't commit to paying them, this is our kind of next best thing. And that's where you, you got like this wild, this uh, wild, wild west yeah. that we have now. Yeah. But how about we just, sorry, that was a really long rant. Yeah. We, <laughs> how about universities just start paying them? Like maybe, maybe we could do that. You know, we don't have to worry about this anymore. Uh, maybe we could just, you know, if you don't want people transferring every off season, maybe, I don't know, make them an employee and have them sign a contract. I don't know. Like, I, you know, there are a lot of solutions here, Craig. There are a lot of solutions, but nobody wants to, nobody wants to step over that, that particular, that particular threshold, which I think is the one that would, that makes the most sense in the end. I think we'll get there in the end, but for now, for now, it's, you know, the, uh, the wild, wild west. I, I think Tobek makes, makes a good point. Um, that, you know, he's like, look, you know, the, the CAF raised, uh, like 30 million last year. 
And he's like, we don't need 30 million. We need like three, <laughs> you know, it's yep. like, ah, when you put it, when you put it in those terms, um, it kind of makes sense. And, you know, a lot of what, um, a lot of what the calf raises is, you know, the, the sort of the mandatory seat donations, right. Which you are well familiar with when it comes to right. season yeah. tickets. So I think that's, you know, the biggest chunk of where, where that money comes from. But, um, you know, and it's, uh, you know, Tobek again. We're still we're still doing the the nickel and dime thing, though, right? Like Tobek says, uh, you know, I'm looking at this story on Coog Fan, and you know, he says if every season ticket holder was a member at 1890 a month, then we'd we'd make our three million a year. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of the but, season ticket, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of the season ticket holders in the stadium. Like the there's either no seat requirement or it's like fifty dollars a year. So right. like you're asking them $18 a month is a lot more than $50 a year. Right. And, and so it's, it just, you're asking them to like add on a donation, which is about five times what they're already donating. Right. And, and plus a lot of the, you know, it's for, for many people, when they buy the WSU tickets, they see the donation as just part of the price and they don't really think of it as a donation. Right. Right. Yep. And that's, so, that's a different, know. somehow, a different somehow mentality. we got to get people. Yeah. Somehow we got to get people to do it. And, and look, I'm, I'm absolutely like, yes, you know, people can give 20 bucks a month, you know, give your 20 bucks a month. I can give 20 bucks a month. I'll do it. Okay. Great. I'll do it. But it's like, that's still, that's not going to get us where we need to go. Like, it's just not. And we need. Well, yeah, that I, I see that I see I see people saying, you know, if if all twenty four thousand WSU license plate holders, if all or if all forty five thousand right WSU alumni association, well, people paid the thirty bucks for the WSU license plate. That's what they paid for. They, right. they, it's not the same thing, and that goes to the alumni association, by the way. And then the alumni association, you know, that a lot of them are just paid a lifetime fee, and they're not like paying anymore. Or even if they, you know, pay per year, it's, it's yeah. not, it's like a, a, a third or a fifth of what you pay to, uh, like of what $20 a month would be. Yeah. So it, it's, so yeah, you could say that we would definitely hit our number if everyone did that. But we've also seen like, there, there's nothing in life, you know, like, like people said, like t- Twitter would make tons of money if everyone paid the $8. Like, well, there's nothing in life where you're getting a hundred percent. Right. Uh like hundred percent buy it. Well, like, especially so that, with giving. It's, it's, like with giving, and, and no, it's like yeah. if we're getting ten percent, you know, fifteen percent. I mean I'm not yeah, I'm there's not in no fundraising, non, there's but I know no that non the number is yeah, real small. There's no fun there's no fundraising organization, no nonprofit that projects their budget if everyone everyone every possible person that could donate to us, every every highly engaged person in this whatever right. matter Right. Like donated X amount, then we'd right. be good. Like you, you just can't think of it that way because it's not, it's not realistic. No. Now it's, it's fun to say, but it's not realistic. Like you're not getting, because like, like our podcast, we, we don't reach all 45,000 of those people. We reach a, a fraction of that. And, yeah. and I think a lot of the people that listen to us are probably, they understand the importance of NIL, but about, you know, uh, the massive other chunk, they don't really, a lot of them don't even know what's going on. It's like, all oh, these players are leaving. This sucks. 
And, and and they just they still have this mentality of like WSU, it's fine. We just have to go find those diamonds. We just gotta we'll figure out a way. You know, WSU's always figured out a way. It's like, well, like there there's just like I said before, it's just more and more levels of us that separate us from the big guys. And right, you know, and plus we have this this conference shit hanging over our head too. Like and so the, it's just this is not something where it's just like, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. It's like, no, it, it, like it'll, it'll come to a point where like every time we have a good player, there's a good likelihood that they're just going to leave because they're going to be able to get money somewhere else. It's not even yep. just attracting players. Like it's, it's like they're going to leave because basketball, football, like all those players, even, you know, it could trickle down to like, if we have nobody to give, even small things to like the soccer players and the the women's basketball players and the volleyball players, they they may run down that far too. Because if you get the right if you get the right booster at some some uh, university that really gives a fuck about like like any other sport other than football, they could they could run shit in that sport. Yep. Like so 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 if it's like I don't want to be like fucking doom and gloom, but yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a challenge for WSU and. Yep. And I, I think it's I think what the Cougar Collective is doing to kind of setting the stage for that is good. Yes. Um and yeah, if if you if you if you care about this shit, like if, if you care about keeping players and and you actually want to like like I don't think like donate like donate to NIL stuff, like the players are getting the money. Like it's I, I, I'm sure there's some that you know the Cougar Collective has I don't know how much of you know they have to you know take off to because they're an organization but uh you can't you can't as a person directly give them the money that's still i think it's has there you has to be contracts can. and shit you kind of can, can but i mean you can if you have a you're gonna have to have a lawyer probably like you probably you have to have someone write up a contract uh so you're gonna have to pay someone to do that unless you yourself are a lawyer that you could probably do it um and so it definitely basically seems the, to be the, smoother to go through the collective yeah. So I don't know. Like if, if, if you, if it freaks you out and you can't, you probably, you know, and, and you care that much, probably good to give somebody to the, if you're giving money to the calf, give some of the Cougar Collective too. It's just kind of the way it goes. Um, it's kind of life we live in, guys. Like it's not, we're not going back. Like this is what it is now. We go like a, I mean, if, maybe if we go down to the Mountain West, you probably won't have to worry about it quite as much, to be honest. No, but, no, you. Uh, but this is but, where we are. I don't know. Y'all can join me. I'll. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna join up at the the 1890 level. So, I don't know if we can get a hundred listeners to join me. That's like almost twenty grand. Well, Jeff, so, if we get a hundred percent of this podcast to do it, that's that's almost five hundred dollars a year. Yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> also i my math was a little off we're talking like two thousand dollars not 20 grand good job yeah teacher yeah a hundred times no damn it damn it we need a thousand people to do it i don't know i don't think we're gonna get a thousand people to do it craig yeah i don't think so yeah. Uh, something else I'm not sure we're going to get to do is, you know, figure out who's going to play linebacker and wide receiver in the LA bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel LA bowl. Yeah. Our, the, 
the fight, you know, I understand the timing of the transfer portal because it's, it's, it's related to the academic calendars. Like you have to let the, yeah, the kids have to be able to transfer to the universities. But man, if there's anything that the transfer portal has fucked up, it is the, uh, the bowl games. Like it, the, it, it's just, yeah, WSU's got seven, eight guys, scholarship players that just won't, be there like right off the top and we haven't even gotten to the opt-outs yet yep um you know maybe does does day on henley play in the bowl game i don't know um yeah so yeah it'll be uh it's interesting though i don't i don't envy the uh the betters and the casinos who have to uh figure out um how this game's going to go with actually money implications uh, cause yeah, like, you know, you have two starting wide receivers, you have two, uh, linebackers that were heavy in the rotation, uh, that are just not going to play. And yeah, it's like, yeah, but we know that Hanauer from Fresno State, he says he's going to play. So I, I don't know. Like, how does that impact the bowl game? It, it definitely, we, we actually saw it last year. That yep. WSU had its stu- you know, not transfers, but opt outs. You had yep. their two starting tackles out and who boy did that have an impact. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, what does that do? Do you think to the, does it impact your interest in the bowl game at all? I know that you and I are not the best barometers for this. No, because we don't take <laughs> the bowl games quite as quite as seriously no. as other people and, do and we'll and we'll watch anything so that's yeah that's i will watch place. anything uh yeah and i don't take the outcome as seriously as other people do but i know a lot nope. of people really do like it's the apple cup of the bowl game where they're two biggest uh games of the year and so i've seen a lot of like people this is really kind of a big deal for them like it it, it fucks up their world that like these players don't play in the game last year we didn't have max borgie and we didn't have uh, Liam Ryan and, and uh, Abe yeah. Lucas play in the game. Yep. Uh, so that, that, you know, that people that, that bums them out, they, they want to see these players. They're like, um, now I don't like people say, what about the people that travel the game and go to see it? I'm like, people that travel the game don't go for the game. I'll t- tell you that much. Like, especially in the mid tier bowl games, like people are traveling to go to a Cougar game and have fun, go to all the parties, all that stuff and just have a good time. Like I, I whenever I want the only, the only bowl game that I really, really wanted to like, that I especially wanted to see the game was the Alamo Bowl. But the other, other ones, it was just like for fun. Like it was just yeah. a, a fun trip in December. Um, now that's harder this year because it's like so close to when they announce like two weeks away and stuff. So I'm not going this year. And I know some other people that aren't going because of that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just, uh, uh, it's, it's just, it, it's interesting to, <laughs> that, these Cubs so close to the bowl that it's just transfer portal that the bowl game. So we're just going to have so many teams in bowl season that, that are missing, you know, Kentucky, their, their starting quarterback is he, he, he's opting out. He's not playing. And, and you know, see other guys enter the transfer portal. So the teams just don't look like what they did in their final game of the season. And it's just, that's, that's a, there's going to be an adjustment there for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm not worried about it at all. I, you know, it's, especially with, with this team, honestly, I mean, yes, you know, losing, losing Ollie and Stribling, you know, you'll probably notice that, but 
you know, also probably not that much. Um, middle linebacker. Sure. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be a thing, but you know, for the most part, it's going to look like the same team. Uh, you know, the, in theory, the offensive line is going to be there. That's good. Defensive linemen are going to be there. I mean, as, as we talk about all the people we're losing, you know, let's talk about who we're not, right? Like Ron Stone is coming back. Brennan Jackson is coming back. Um, you know, all the, you know, guys in the secondary are coming back, right? Like, um, you know, Hicks was, was great this year and Shaw Smith Wade was great. You know, those guys are coming back. So they'll all be there. I'm still excited. I love watching the Cougs play. It honestly doesn't much matter to me. Um, you know, again, unless we're talking about a game that actually seems to have some consequence, the Alamo Bowl was one of those. Um, but you know, when we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the LA Bowl. You know, I'm just going to enjoy the fact that it's one more Cougar game. Fresno State should be fun. Um, you know, it's a real good offense, you know, playing against our good defense. I think that's great. Um, it, it should be really a really fun game. It doesn't dampen my interest at all. And, you know, I, I mean, I guess if, it, if there are people out there who it does, you know, you do you. I, I'm not going to tell people how they should be a fan or, or whatever, but. You know, bowl games are silly and weird. And, you know, even before all the opt outs, they were silly and weird and tended to produce, you know, very strange results. And, um, you can either, you know, get all worked up. I mean, I know there are people who still get worked up about the New Mexico bowl. And I still look back at that and go, what a dumb, 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 weird game. You know, like I don't, I don't lament it. I don't think that the only thing about that game I ever lamented was the team was six and six going into it and they finished with a losing record. And I really wanted them to finish with a winning record. Like that was, that was it. I don't think much else about it. So, you know, for this, I mean, I would recommend that people maybe not think, you know, a ton about that and maybe just enjoy it. Um, I, I do have some hope that this game maybe will be a little bit more. Uh, normal in terms of a bowl game because it is so close to the end of the season. Um, the, they'll fair. only have had, you know, three weeks off, uh, which is, you know, normally it's, you know, you're talking four or five weeks, um, for these games. And that's, that's a long time. And they tend to spend a lot of time, you know, giving practice time to, to younger guys. And I don't know. Maybe this one will be, you know, maybe there's a downside. Maybe the development doesn't get there in the same way, but, also, maybe from a product standpoint, the game maybe will be a little more. Uh, the team will maybe be a little bit more um, at a at, at an actual like you know normal level of of performance. Well, yeah. To that to that point, you know the the one the one time we saw like a Mike Leach bowl game where they actually matched their you know offensive output from earlier in the season was that New Mexico bowl game where they scored thirty five points in the first half. Yeah, and. And that was, uh, like, and that was, uh, that was, uh, like, the same weekend at the LA Bowl game. It was, like, a December 16th, 17th type game. And so, uh, that, maybe there's something to that. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're basically, you know, you get the, they basically, you basically get just, uh, it's, it's, it's three weeks off or whatever from your, from your last game. So it's not, you, when you have a bye in the normal season, you have two weeks off. So, uh, it's not crazy different. Um, kid, the kids will get to go home for Christmas and all that. That's cool. Good for them. And yeah, I think it'll, it'll be interesting to watch it. We'll, we'll preview more of it next week. And, um, but yeah, the Cougs are going to a bowl again. Uh, like we said, I never, never want to take that for granted. Who knows what could happen? We could go on another decade without one. So, uh, yeah. good to see good stuff. Um, yeah. So, um, 
what we're going to do now is take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about men's hoops, talk about women's hoops, talk about volleyball. Um, and that'll all be after these words from SB Nation's sponsors that we don't even know what it's going to be. I think it depends on what you've been Googling lately. And we're back. We are back. So, are Jeff, back. you know, I it was weird last week. Uh, Emma, she didn't she didn't know if she should say and we're back, but I just had to like jump in and say it. <laughs> I, I, I did I, notice I, that. I did notice. I didn't want to. I didn't want a disaster. Um, but yeah, it was. I, she did a serviceable job uh, with what we're drinking. You know, with her Corona. Um, you know, just. Setting a high standard, though, for you coming back on on what you're going to be drinking uh, when she has, you know, a fine, fine um, Mexican beverage. Uh, so, Jeff, I got to know, are you drinking? What are you drinking? And is it better than Corona? <laughs> uh, what I am drinking is the uh, Pilsifer Dry Hop New American Pilsner from Sig Brewing. Uh, I do think that qualifies as better than Corona. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, it's delicious. It was uh, the 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 dry hopping, um, you know, gives it kind of a unique a unique flavor. It was uh, it was you know my first my first like taste. I was like, eh? and now that I'm like you know almost done with it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's pleasant. I like that. So and I, I know you're you're a big you? fan of Sig Brewing, so. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh my good friend of mine is the head brewer there. Um yep. but uh so I um so technically dry hopping it technically doesn't impact the flavor, but okay. it kind of does in a roundabout way in how it impacts the aroma. Okay. That makes sense. So if, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, it does. So it doesn't add bitterness or anything to the flavor. Uh, but it does add those hop aromatics and that is why they do it. Uh, so it does, but it does in a way impact the flavor because obviously we taste things through our nose often. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, Pilsifer, I got to, I, I will say like I had that beer a, a while ago. Um, it wasn't my favorite to be honest, Pilsner, uh, and I, I, I think what you're saying, you kind of that kind of weirdness at the start is what I, I, I agree with that. Like it, it's got yeah. kind of a, it's got kind of a weird, uh, like a uh, flavor that you don't typically associate with, yes. uh, uh, Pilsner. Like it's got yes. kind of this weird, like bite, like kind of bite to it. Yep. Um, so at least now I know that's consistent. Uh, cause that was, a, that was like, that was like a two years ago batch. So yeah, uh, that is what is intended. Uh, so that's good to know. Um, yeah. uh, so it wasn't a mistake or anything. That's always good. Yeah. Yeah. What are you drinking? 
So I forgive me if you know I'm to the point where like I feel bad if I like repeat it or something because I'm just like going down to my cellar and grabbing stuff and usually things that are in smaller format bottles because I don't want to like drink a, a 22 ounce or 750 milliliter bottle by myself of like a barrel aged stout. Um, so I went down. I got this adorable little can uh, from Westbound and Down Brewing out of Idaho Springs, Colorado. Um, and it is a little, little bitty eight ounce can, just, just cute as can be. Uh, I think you maybe they do like, um, you'll see like airplanes, they get these little cans sometimes. Uh, but it's a, it's bourbon barrel Louis English style barley wine, 13.2%. Um, not, not a lot of other, no other descriptor of the beer on the can. Very simple can, simple branding. It's white. Uh, with black lettering, uh, just kind of some blue accents here and there. Simple as can be. Um, haven't taken a sip yet. Gonna go for that. Um, ooh, yeah. Um, pretty solid. It's uh, pretty hot still. Like a lot of barrel in there. A lot of barrel. Um, I think I bought it in March. Um, I think or it was canned in March, March 30th. Um, so yeah, pretty hot still. Like a lot of barrel. Pretty tasty. Um, about what you ex- you would expect on the body. It's like a pretty heavy body, but not like it's not like a maple syrup type body uh, that you get with some of these barley wines. But it's a good good strong body. Um, you know, the caramel, definitely toffee notes in there. What you expect out of an English style barley wine, all around very solid. Um, and I do love that it's only eight ounces, um, so I don't have to like uh, get shit faced uh, drinking barley wine tonight. I mean, not that I have I'm opposed to that. Um, but yeah, so bourbon barrel Louie, uh, westbound and down in Colorado. Um, check it out. I, I'll give it a check it out. Uh, if you're in Idaho Springs, Colorado, uh, check them out, get an adorable little can, uh, and, 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 you know, have some fun. Uh, so westbound and down, let's go. Um, I also was drinking, of course, uh, Wayfinder Hell, uh, cause yes, I love it. It's a great beer. Cause you know, cause playing, uh, the start to the Pac-12 season in ba- in men's basketball has been a bit of hell uh, so far. <laughs> played yes. without already. We know that Miles Rice and Deshaun Jackson will not be playing for the team all year. And then you add to that, um, you know, Miles Rice, who is kind of a, basically the presumptive, presumptive starting point guard. Uh, and then you have Deshaun Jackson, presumptive center, starting center. Uh, and then you have, uh, and then Andre Yakomovsky kind of presumptive, probably starting, uh, three. And then you have, you know, at least, or, or a first man off the bench or, you know, playing probably 50, 60, 70% of the minutes. And then you have, uh, Jay Mullins, who was probably like a six man if we had everyone and then, but had become a starter and was on fire. Um, I, I, I said multiple times on Twitter, absolute fire. Uh, absolutely on fire, and then he hurts his knee. So now you're you're going to Pac-12 play, basically down four of your top eight, four of your top seven, probably more accurately, and just try to cobble it together. Playing with you know often line uh, lineups with three freshmen, uh, and not like necessarily three freshmen that you thought were going to get big minutes, and we're going to play crunch time minutes. So you know that Oregon game. That was uh, 
that was just they kind of ran out of steam. Like this, you know, Oregon, Oregon's athletes just took over at one point, and WCU just didn't have the scoring to really keep up. Once Oregon, you know, started scoring in bunches, you know, they they held they held tight when you know both teams were struggling to score. But once once Oregon started hitting shots and and getting dunks, really, uh, yep. that one kind of got out of hand. Yep. Yeah, it was, you know, one of the things I keep coming back to is, you know, I think about what, you know, Bryce Hendricks wrote about early in the year, thinking about the team and their, their, what he calls a point of attack defense, right? Like, so who's your, who's your primary ball defender and not just like, you know, staying with the guy who's, uh, you know, dribbling the ball, but like, you know, when that guy is like trying to initiate, you know, some kind of offense or trying to attack a part of the defense. Um, and, and they just really, really struggled with Will Richardson, you know, keeping him out of the lane. And then, uh, the attention he was drawing was then leaving and falling Dante to dunk all over us. And, um, it was just, it was an incredibly frustrating second half and, um, just an inability really to contain, um, Oregon's penetration and, and nothing good happens when, you know, is one thing that, you know, Kyle Smith talks about his feet in the paint. Like that's his part of his nerd ball philosophy is feet in the paint. Um, you know, when the other team is, is getting their feet in the paint, um, that's usually a bad sign. And, um, and that's how it turned out against Oregon. So, you know, I, I don't know that, um, you know, I don't know that we had any expectations that they'd go to Oregon and win that game, but, you know, certainly a bummer that, you know, they, they're, they're with them. Well, Oregon you know, was for, missing for guys too. So yeah. Oregon were, was missing yeah, guys too. And, you know, they were with them for a half and, you know, kind of, kind of right there step for step. And then, um, and then, you know, as you mentioned, you know, weren't, weren't able to really keep up the pace. And that was, you know, it was, it was one of those games where you're like, you know, it's, it's, it's a bummer and you're hoping that they would win it, but not super expectations. But then you start thinking like, okay, well, Utah, you got to get Utah, right? And Utah is, you know, while we were losing to Oregon, they had beaten Arizona, which is a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, and so you're thinking, Arizona's okay, not so, lose many. yeah. And you, you're thinking, all right, so you've lost Oregon. I mean, you don't want to get off to an 0 2 start in the Pac 12. You know, Utah is going to be at home, going to be at our place, right? You know, we, we traveled to Oregon. We get Utah at Beasley. Um, all right. This is the one. We got to get this one. <laughs> and then we, we didn't get that one either, Craig. Well, yeah, you have, you know, again, Jay Mullins is out. So again, you're out, Andre and Jabe. So, uh, who, uh, both specialize in a very specific thing that this, this, coaching staff values and what modern college basketball values is the three pointer. Uh, and you go out there and shoot, uh, four of 30 from three. And two of those, I believe came in overtime or one of them, at least I know Justin hit one in overtime. Um, so I think they had three in regulation. Um, so two, you have guys like Justin Powell and TJ Bamba who are 40 plus percent three point shooters, TJ 50% going, you know, TJ one of six, Justin Powell two of 12. You don't have that, you know, you have DJ Rodman who just, I can't, I, I, he just, you think he's a good shooter, but he just has these stretches like this. And then it's just, you don't have maybe Jay Mullins will hit some or maybe Andre will hit some that you just fall apart from three. And really in that game, that was the one thing they did poorly. Like a lot of the other stuff was fine. Like they they rebounded well, yeah, like well enough. Yeah. 
They 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 defended well enough. They held or Utah Utah had to hit a Utah to even get to point eight eight points per possession had to hit a lot of fucking tough shots. Yep. Like a lot, lots of, of mid range shots, a lot of mid range jumpers. Yep. Yep. Now you could also probably say the free throw shooting hurt WSU, um, especially in the second half. Uh, they were, re- they really went through. I know TJ missed like four in a row at one point when the game was yeah. in the high leverage, you know, but they didn't turn it over too much. They forced a lot of turnovers. They, they, they were, it was just, but just they couldn't hit jumpers. And then we see, uh, shot quality. Um, they always tweet when there's a shot quality upset, and it was a big upset. WSU, based on the quality of shots, 91% expected to win. Uh, the uh, average expected score was, you know, to win by uh, 18 points in this game. Yeah. Uh, to score like 87 points in this game. Right, and that's all um, just making that's all just making six threes, six more threes, right? six more like, threes. Which still, that would have been 10 of 30 from three. It would have been a crazy shooting day. Yes, like if Justin Powell was okay, if TJ was two of six and Justin Powell was four of 12, that's three more threes. That's all they need. They're not, they're well below their averages. And that, that's still enough. If, you know, if DJ Robin can go one of three, if, uh, you know, maybe we got, uh, like, you know, the other guys, it's like, okay, they missed theirs. It's fine. But like, it's, it's just wild that that three point shooting just totally torpedoed them. Um, it it really kind of put a day. And yet they they still should have won. And and not and then add to the fact we're already out four top guys and then two our two fucking best players left foul out. Yep, our two best heading into overtime. Uh, Mo's yep. out for the last four minutes. Although shout Thanks. out to Myel Hamon Crespin. Like wow, moves. dude. Like like he's looking like a player that we could actually use. Like, yeah, my, Myel. Uh, after his first couple times through, you're like, good God. But now he's, you know, he's hitting some threes. He's playing better defense, like looking good. Um, but you have him, Kamani, who also has earned himself a hell of a lot more minutes recently. And yep. then, uh, and then Dylan Darling playing. You have three freshmen playing yes. overtime in a, in a game that good you luck. really need. Um, and, but you know, Mo has been so, so good. Uh, the last three games, and we'll get into the the, the game uh, tonight as well. Uh, and then TJ had, you know, he had an off game, uh, but still he was kind of coming on before. And we'll say he made a really dumb foul. Like if he just leaves that guy alone and lets him lay it in, good chance WSE wins. I, I mean, it's almost uh, certain, right. Like, yeah. like there's four seconds left in the game. The layup cuts it to one. You inbound the ball. You get fouled. You know, you're probably making. I mean, I I don't want. I mean, look, you're not you're not going to assume they're making. You both, might not even need like, to make one. Might you not might even not need even one. need to make them. Like you're you're, you know, if you can do the inbound right, you run off a couple seconds and then you get fouled. Uh, you know, you make maybe one of two. They've got like two three seconds to get the ball up the floor. Like the game is over. Like there were two times that that game was over. Um, one was. Uh, the first one was when DJ Rodman got his layup blocked. Um, that would have put us up. I want to say that would have put us up by eight with like two minutes to mm-hmm. go. Um, and yeah. I'm pretty sure. So I'm looking at the Ken Palm win probability. I'm pretty sure that that's when we were at our peak win probability, which was, uh, 95.6% is where we were with just over two minutes to go. 
Um, and then of course, uh, DJ gets his shot blocked. Utah comes down and makes, makes a bucket. And all of a sudden you're like, fuck, that's a four point swing. Oh yeah, we're still okay. And then we were okay. And then TJ, for whatever reason, decided to foul that guy. And it's just like, you know, when it went to overtime, we, we both were like, okay, like this, like we know how this is going to end. Like, like this is not, there's not, um, there's not a happy ending here, right? We're, we're, we're missing so many guys. You've already won the game twice. You're not going to win it a third time. And sure enough, you know, they didn't. And it, it was hard to watch. It was, it was hard to watch because and we still had a layup, they played, like, had a layup at the end to send it into. Yeah. But again, it was, you know, you just, you're missing so many guys and, um, you know, you just, at some point you're like, it's, it's just too much. And, and that's kind of where it was. And, you know, it was such a bummer to me because the team, you know, on so many levels played so well. Um, they fought so hard. It was really emblematic of, um, of a, of a Kyle Smith type performance out of the team. Um, that we've gotten so used to over the years because, um, the team, you know, they just fight and they scrap and they, they have a good game plan and they figure out a way to go. And Utah, you know, was, is, has played really, really well. Um, so it's not just that win over Arizona. Like they've played well this season. They, they're already outperforming their Ken Palm predict projections. Like they're, they're playing well. And, and we had them flustered and frustrated all night and to not come away with a win, um, was just was just very very disappointing and uh you know again as we as we talk about this team and their you know potential postseason aspirations like I mean I don't know what you expect when you know WC is just not a program where you can lose that many that many of your key contributors and still you know you don't they don't have you know four star freshmen sitting on the bench waiting to develop I guess we do have one <laughs> sitting on the bench waiting to develop but like we don't have you know a whole bunch of those guys you know just kind of sitting around waiting to jump in and um and and save the day you know we're not we're we're just not able to do that we're not we're not that kind of program and you know it might it might just end up being you know, a bit of a lost year. And those happen sometimes in college sports. Um, you know, maybe not, I, I, you know, I'm not certainly giving up, but, um, you know, and, 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 you know, tonight, I mean, as we record tonight, you know, they beat the crap out of Northern Kentucky, which, you know, great, but it's like, you know, the games that actually matter, you know, Boise state, Utah, uh, Oregon, you know, didn't win any of them. And, you know, so you just kind of go, maybe this just ain't it. And if it's not it, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to be super broken up about it because, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you, what are you going to do? You know, you got a guy with cancer, yeah, they, you got a guy with a toe injury, you got another guy with some mysterious injury that's keeping him out all year. Uh, you got a freak knee injury that happens in practice. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, come on. I, I'm just going to enjoy what I can see. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to stress out too much about what it's not because, you know, it's not like it's anybody's fault. It just is what it is. And, you know, sometimes this shit happens. Well, and, you know, maybe they could catch one break and maybe refs could actually call a game, like call a foul when it happens. That'd be, you know, know, they, they, they just had to call a phantom reach and foul on Kamani to decide the game in overtime, but they couldn't call a, a hip check on Dilla Darling going in for a a drive, driving in for a potential layup, um, At the end of the at the end of regulation, 
not couldn't give him two free throws because he can't decide the game. But it does decide the game if you don't right. call a foul on a potential game-winning shot. That right. is deciding the game. Like right. it's not deciding the game by blowing the whistle when it is a foul. Now, if you blow the whistle when there's not a foul because you expect there's going to be a foul, like because you see a reach and so you just assume there's contact, that's deciding the game. When you ignore obvious contact and don't call a foul, that that is not like when you if you call a foul when it is a foul, that is not deciding the game. The player has decided the game by fouling. Like it's so you just it's you have just decided and they're never consistent with that. You see refs call fouls at the end of games. You see them not call fouls at the end of games. So players don't know. Like it's so, so Dilla Darley gets hip checked, should have had two free throws. We don't know if he's going to make him. He's a freshman. Who knows? He may have bonked both of them. He hasn't been shooting particularly well, but let's say he does hit one and they win because there's point one on the clock. Like, it, why couldn't they just catch a fucking break, man? This team is not getting any breaks, like, from just from any angle. Like, yeah. just can't – like, they come out tonight and, and Justin Powell hits his, like, first three three-pointers and you're like, fuck it, he's already hit more than he hit against Utah when he shot 12. If he hit those shots against Utah, one of those fucking shots against Utah, yeah, they beat Yeah, just Utah. one. But, uh, just one. We're not greedy. It's the same open threes. Like, it's not like Utah yeah. was forcing them into tough threes. Like, they were just missing no. open threes. No, they were like, just It was missing. so frustrating. Uh, but, yeah, tonight, oh, I got to say, like, uh, we were a bit worried about Muhammad Gay after – or earlier in the season, he hadn't seemed to kind of progress, but lately he has really looked like a superstar. Like he is yep. looking like like that dude on offense. Yes. What the the plays like the the kind of the diversity of ways he could score in the post right now. You know, he's using his hook. Like he could, he could face up and score. If he's deep, if he's within ten feet, he's he's a bucket. Like it's a bucket. It's happening. Like he's not he's not going to be stopped unless he's fouled. He's shooting seventy nine percent from the free throw line, which now I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive and getting fouled. Honestly, because his his free throw stroke looks so much more consistent this year. Clearly worked on it. Um, yeah, it just he's looking great. He just you know. Really, his his one bugaboo is turnovers right now. I think this honestly, it's because he's getting so much attention. He's being asked to do so much. Like it's not your typical like big that's just catch it in the post and like turn it and score. And like he's facilitating from the post, yep. and that'll lead to turnovers. Because really, honestly, like his his passing is amazing. Like the the things yeah. he's added, but the kind of probably the most impressive thing is the passing. Like the yep the the, the he is a danger to double now. Like when when Jabe and and Andre come back, which uh, Andre might not come back until uh, the end of the month, I think at this point, and then Jabe will probably another two weeks at least. Um, when they come back, if teams want to double Mo, and you have Andre, Jabe, Justin, and TJ standing out there waiting on the three point line, who are you going to double from? Like you have a bunch of 40% three point shooters standing on three point line. That's going to be fun. That's going to be really, and plus, and, and then if they don't double, Mo's going to be a bucket. Like he's going to be automatic buckets. The, the way he's, the way he's scoring around the rim right now. 
So I, it's, and that's what even fucking pisses you off more. It's like these fucking injuries. Like we are not even seeing anything close to what this team can be or what we thought this team could be when we thought they could be actually better than they were last year. And now they could be better than they were last year, but it's going to take a lot. But I don't think the, the end result is not going to be any better. We can see them get better as they go along. But right now they're so hamstrung in a time of the season when they could be securing some really big wins. They're, they're not getting them. And, and they got uh, another potentially uh, big one just because UNLV looks kind of like maybe they're a little bit better. Or they could be on the rise a little bit. Um, but they're still sitting at, you know, right now 75, which that, that's a, that's a rise from where they started at 118. So a team that's definitely better than uh, we thought at the start of the season. Now they haven't played anyone super crazy, um, but they're, uh, they're, this game is tougher than we thought it was at the start of the year. And it also could potentially be a little bit better. You know, it could be, could be a win because I think they're calling it officially a, a, a neutral site game. Um, so, or I guess Kempom has a semi home. I think that would be considered neutral in the in the net. So if if somehow UNLV becomes a top fifty team, uh, they you know they would that would become a quad one. But this is a big game, and then after that they have Baylor, and after that they fly to Hawaii and they play some games there. Like this, they're they're not playing a home game again until uh, around the new year. So it's just um, it's a tough you know this stretch is tough. And they they haven't gotten you know not not getting Boise State who who just looks better and better and not getting Oregon or Utah like it does are and then having that Prairie View loss on there like like the resume is dire I don't like you're you're right at the point where I have to accept like let's just enjoy watching Muhammad Gay let's enjoy watching T.J. Baba you know enjoy enjoy those moments enjoy the you know Kimani Winsu who looks like he's could be a fucking star. Just watch him develop over the year. Like just enjoy some of that. And this team will almost certainly be better in uh, January. It just sucks that maybe they're kind of torpedoing their chance to build a resume right now. And that that's yep. the bummer, but I still think this team's going to be super fun to watch uh, in PAC 12 play. And they could definitely fuck some people up and ruin their seasons um, yeah. at some point. Well, and we also they're focus... real they're Also they're, they're still going to be high, like pretty high in net. So they're still going to yeah. be like it, at times, like on the, when team are coming to Pullman, they're probably going to be a quad one opportunity. Like it's, so it's yeah. going to be a big game for a lot of teams. So yeah. it's, it'll be like last year. Yeah. I was going to say, we tend to focus on the offense a lot, but I, I think the thing that's got me feeling, you know, really good is that the defense is really rounding into shape. Um, oh yeah. Like tonight, you know, holding Northern Kentucky to, of course the big number is, you know, 47 points, but you know, we, we love rate based stats around here and that's, that worked out to 0.81 points per possession tonight, which yeah. was how many possessions were there tonight? Did yeah, you see 58. That? <laughs> Not 58. very many. 58. Dick Bennett beaming. Yep. Beaming. Yep. So, um, you know, the, the defense is, you know, is really doing its thing. Um, you know, and to kind of put that into context, one way to do it, um, you know, I love looking at, uh, you know, the Ken Palm game plan where it shows you kind of how, um, each team did, 
against against you and it's like okay so you know kind of looking okay this is the lowest points per possession that northern kentucky's had all year um this uh utah was their third lowest um oregon it was their sixth sixth lowest so you know maybe kind of uh actually one of their better performances but or sixth highest or however that's however that's written but you know yeah, that was, Mercy, that was in the last lowest. in the last in the last five games, the Oregon one is the one that's been yeah, not good. Yeah, but the they really, after Prairie good. View, after Prairie View, yeah. have really turned around the defense. Yes, um, and and I think the biggest thing that honestly is encouraging to me um, is okay. So you know, again, you're kind of seeing you know the points per possession turn around, um, and they're getting back to doing what what they do, which is lock down around the rim. So you look, and, and again, some of that may be competition. So we don't want to read, you know, too much into, too much into it, but they did, um, only allow Utah 39% on twos. Northern Kentucky was, you know, 45.5% on twos tonight. And that was a, probably a lot of those were uh, in the last five minutes of the game. Um, Detroit Mercy yep. 37%, Eastern Washington 38%. Um, obviously Oregon did a ton of damage in the paint, a ton of damage yep. in the paint. Uh, particularly in the second half. But the other thing is, you know, the turnovers are the turnovers, defensive turnovers are trending up um, in the last three out of the last four games. The turnover percentage uh, on defense is over 22. It's 20. It was 23.6 against Detroit, uh, 25.1 against Utah, 22.4 against Northern Kentucky. Um, again, Oregon was was the outlier here with a low, uh, low turnover percentage of, of just like a shade under 17%. But you know, when you're, when your turnover percentages are up in the twenties, um, you're doing what you want to do. And WSU has really made a living the last couple of years. Um, really since, since Kyle Smith came, uh, really putting pressure on the ball and trying to generate turnovers on defense. And, um, so it looks like that part's, you know, coming into form as well. So, you know, you love to see that. And then of course we had the, uh, tonight against Northern Kentucky, the bonkers, what'll, what'll definitely be the bonkers stat of the year, which is they rebounded 96.3% of, uh, Northern Kentucky's misses. So Northern Kentucky had a 3.7 offensive rebounding percentage, um, for, for context for people, like 20% would be really low. Uh, and what was WSU's offensive rebounding percentage? Yeah, 57.7%. Yeah. Like so, WSU was getting almost 60% of their own misses yes. and they were grabbing 96% of yes. That is yep. that is one of the most absurd rebounding margins you will see. Like that's just yep. insane. Like yep. especially since Northern Kentucky was missing more shots. Like it, although they might not have been cuz all the turnovers, but it was just I don't even know what the raw number was it was a lot like, I might it was to- a lot it, it, dan dickow cited it <laughs> at the end of the game which will not surprise you but um yeah it was a huge number huge gap so th- those things you start putting those things together um you know you fe- you start feeling really good about where the team okay going it was like so it yeah. was 41 to 12 the yeah, rebounding yeah there you go um so you know the de- the defense is always going to be there even as we get you know Jay Mullins back and you get Andre Akamovsky hopefully um you know the defense will still play and then you hope that those guys add some offense and you know all of a sudden you become very dangerous again so you know hopefully that's the deal hopefully that's how it goes and and look like like you I mean I still believe there's a ton of fun left in this year and you know the the older I get the less I worry about you know results going exactly according to plan and, and just wanting to enjoy stuff 
And it's like, you know, the, the basketball well, and, team right now, like I want them to come around. I want them to be enjoyable again. And I, I can see that potentially coming. Well, and, and honestly, if, if you saw Miles Rice and Deshaun Jackson going out for like at the start of the year and thought this play, this was going to go as normal, then like, I know that we kind of probably undersold the losses a bit. Um, but they're clearly just, just having they're they've been running with seven man rotations, like pretty consistently, yeah. like, or, you know, maybe Carlos Rosario will play a few minutes, but really seven strong. And I mean, at least like, you know what, what this injury stuff has done is they're going to be really deep when it comes back. Like when those players come back, because Mael is looking like someone who can, you can actually trust to play against Pac-12 teams. And yeah. then, uh, and then, uh, uh, Kamani is looking like a guy who legit might force his way into the starting lineup at some point this year. Yeah. Like he played well, he started, 32 he, minutes. He started the second half tonight. Yeah. He started so they, the second half. Yep. They went with uh, him instead of Darling in the second it, half, which honestly, like that makes sense because Kamani could still run the point. If they want Darling to run the point, and I guess they they really like uh, we talked about point of attack. They really like Darling's point of attack defense, and you know maybe Kamani isn't in there yet, but he does have the size and athleticism uh, and length. Like oh my god, he did the where he got that technical foul at the end. But yeah, this is our fucking totally guard ridiculous. that caught a ball under the rim and went up two feet real quick and dunked the ball with two hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the, who like what kind of fucking athlete do we have here? Like he's crazy. And he's yeah. he's got he's a he's a great he's got great vision, great passer. You know, his shots definitely a work in progress, but he he's real creative going to the rim. Um I'm and and he's athletic. He's got many several, he had two dunks today. Like he's he like he could finish like a big around the rim and he he's fucking brave man like i i'm surprised i'm always surprised that his possession percentage is lower but i think it's cuz he doesn't turn the ball over like he's cut yeah. when it's when he he's cut down his turnovers recently a little bit more um and that's that you know a lot of freshmen you see with higher usage is cuz their turnovers get high um but yeah i think he's definitely a guy like by the end of the season he could be a, a top 5 guy on the team and then going into next season, he could be the fucking guy on the team. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could is, see right away, you could see right away the potential. It was just a matter of how fast he was going to come around. And it's, it's sure looking like, it's sure looking like he's coming around real fast. Well, both him and Mael, there was, I think there was a bit of an adjustment to like the America game, I guess, or something, but they, they both like in the last three games have just looked so much better. It's so much more confident and comfortable. And, and, and so, yeah. And, 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 and Mael is flopping, but he knows how to flop. You know, he's learned from his, uh, his, uh, uh, footballing compatriots in France. Like he doesn't get called for the flop call. Like no. he knows what to do. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, <laughs> like, cause Mael, like Mael drew like three fouls on Brendan Carlson in his like limited minutes up until that point. And like it was more him than Mo fouling out Brennan Carlson against yep. Utah. Like yep. like it was and by the way, like these last two games, you talk about the defense. Brennan Carlson did absolute jack shit. Seven points, I think. And then this like all world scorer uh for Northern Kentucky, Marquise Warwick, he he didn't he didn't have a field goal until like the game was out of hand. 
Like you think he had three points up until less than five minutes of play. And I think like TJ was a bit bothered that he got to 10 by the end. Yeah. Um, but they really, um, you know, we always see this, like, especially cause the, the teams have to kind of, you know, Kyle has had a new team to start every year. I, and we always see like a bit of a lull in the defense to start. And then they really come around and, and it's like, it's like they get the buy-in. And I think, the, the buy-in's there. Like, we can win games yes. with the defense. Like, if we play yeah. good defense, it doesn't matter. You don't have to hit every shot. Now, if you're playing Utah, you still have to hit some fucking shots. Like, but, <laughs> Maybe um, just, like, one more three. Maybe just, like, just one. Just one more just out one of the 30. Maybe, maybe hit one more out of the 30 that you shot. Uh, but, yeah, so, I don't know. Like, this team, I think we're going to have some fun, like, big wins this year. Uh, and, and, and maybe like really make some noise in conference play. Uh, but it's just like right now they're just so depleted and it's just like, God damn, like they're so snake bitten, like a fucking witch curse them or some shit. Like it's just nothing could go right for them except for that. Maybe that Detroit mercy game was like the only game where it's like everything went right. Uh, but, but you know, it, but yeah, whatever. But you know, we transition to another team that is actually having quite a lot go right for them this season. <laughs> and that is the women's basketball team uh, who still have not figured out how to play the first quarter uh, consistently plays some God awful first quarters. Like I it's, it's incredible. Like I, how consistent they are in just like, it's mostly the offense. It, it was a defense sometimes too. Like just their inability to play the first quarter, but their ability to bounce back and come back and just destroy teams in the final three quarters is so impressive. And now they're sitting at seven and one um, after uh, the biggest comeback in program history tonight, uh, beating yeah, Portland. Yeah, how about that? Uh, being down by as much as nineteen in the second quarter uh, and coming back and beating them sixty nine sixty three in Portland. Um, so, uh, I don't even, I don't, I couldn't tell you, uh, Portland, if they're good or anything, to be honest. Um, but not losing is good. And, and a road game is always like going to be tough. Uh, but they, they just do this. They come back and, and they, you know, it was the same even with against Montana, they started really slowly. I think the game was like tied uh, or Montana had like a small lead in, after the first quarter. And then they ended up blowing them out by 20. Same with South Dakota state, uh, South Dakota state. I think it was like 12 to 14 to three and they ended up blowing them out by 20. Like, so they just, they start slow, you know, get some teams. If the teams are good, that could kind of kill them. But you know, they, they came back and it's funny. They've played two WCC te- WCC teams on the road now. And uh, they they both started they started slowly looked like they were going to lose in both games San Francisco and Portland and they won them both sixty nine sixty three so I guess they're consistent in that regard um, but yeah they're sitting at yeah. seven and one and yeah the only loss to BYU in Hawaii which you know probably doesn't really harm you in any way uh, too badly um, they somehow were rewarded the champions of the tournament whatever uh, but they got <laughs> yeah that was weird. But yeah, seven and one, uh, and the, you know, they, they have, 
they have a chance. I think, you know, Houston, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Jackson State left a dog conference. They do have UW in a, in, in that early, uh, conference game, uh, on, on Sunday, which, um, I don't know if you're going, Jeff, but I'm going to the game. Um, wow. so are you going to the game? I don't think so. We'll All right. Well, Maybe. Boo. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, t- tips off right an hour after the, uh, the Seahawks game, uh, starts. So should be, it should be interesting. Um, when we're driving back from that game, uh, probably won't be very much fun. Might have to go, uh, get something to eat somewhere, uh, before yeah. we go back south. Um, but yeah, so yeah, definitely excited to see them in person. Uh, just, uh, I, I'm excited to see, um, kind of, you know, the, the diversity in, in like the scoring that they've brought. Uh, cause like, you know, Tara didn't even have a good game. They only had three points against, uh, Portland, but you had, um, Estera Tahina had 12 points, uh, Bella with another 14. Uh, she's just kind of a, you know, she's, you're kind of, you're getting 14 to 20 from her every game at this point. Uh, Johanna had a nice night. She had 13. You know, Charlize had her 15. Uh, you just like, they just seem to have more scoring this year. They'll be a bit more fun to watch it. I think that'll, their defense is still there and, and they just, they, they haven't started quite like this. They, they did a bit, they started a bit like this in, um, and they got well, but that was all conference play uh, in 2020. But you know that they, they really, really building up uh, uh, some wins in the non-conference that they weren't able to do last year, and that's nice to see. And now they're you know kicking off with with UW on Sunday, um, which you know a game they've won in Seattle uh, the last couple of years. And I would like to see us beat the Huskies. So uh, please go ahead and do that, Charlize and Bella and team. Um, yep. go ahead and knock off the Huskies, get to, get to, uh, what would be eight and one, um, and, and keep it, keep it rolling. Uh, and then they're two and away, two and oh on true road games this year. So make it three and oh. Yeah. That'd be good. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, also we got to mention, uh, before we go, um, obviously volleyball, um, went to their seventh straight NCAA tournament and uh, stepped up, won the first round match again, which they have won pretty regularly. Um, they get to that at least the second round pretty much almost every time you get the tournament. Um, but they really ran into a really, really good team in the second round again in San Diego, a team that has only lost once all year, had only lost uh, 11 sets in 25 matches coming a 25 match win streak coming into that. So honestly, it was pretty impressive. WAC was able to put as much pressure as they did on them. Won a set. They pressured them on a couple other. They really, San Diego took over in the fourth set and and won pretty handily. But the first three sets were hard fought. And, uh, I think like it was just kind of a bad luck of the draw. It seems like San Diego maybe didn't get a one seed because they are a smaller conference team, but they definitely looked every bit. They've been ranked in the top three all year. And they looked every bit of that. They they had some yeah they did really talented players uh, and really deep players. And they uh, they could scramble well. They would hit just insane like insanely hard on the attack on hitters. And, and like it was just you know we I, it would come through and and 
And our players would, you know, it seems like would hit just absolute perfect and, and they would dig it and they would return it. And it would, it would just be a fucking laser coming back. And yeah. It, it's just, I was going to say, and then they, yeah, then they'd set up one of those killer hitters on the left and just send this like missile, <laughs> you know, down into our, down into our defense. Um, yeah, it, it was really impressive. I kept thinking like, well, how good can San Diego actually be? Uh, it's, it's fucking, it's San Diego, right? Like this is the West Coast Conference. Like it's not, we're not talking about Gonzaga basketball. Well, actually kind of that's what it looked like. Like they were, yeah, yeah. they were really, they were really, really damn good. And, um, you know, we, we competed our butts off, but it was, it was definitely, we were, we, we were definitely not at that level. Um, and, and no, you know, no shame in that. So they, they fought hard. They, they scrapped, like you said, they got a set. Uh, most teams do not, did not get that against San Diego. And, um, the fourth set was even pretty nip and tuck for a while. And then it, I think it was like 15, 14 or 16, 14 or something. And then, uh, and then San Diego pulled away from there and, I don't know. It just, you know, every once in a while you can, you know, you see a team and they just sort of like, I, I'm not saying they gave up, they didn't give up, but you know, they just sort of the feeling like, yeah, this, this probably isn't going to be our day. <laughs> like at some point that sort of sets in and it, it kind of felt like that's what happened there as the, as the fourth set kind of ran out, you know, I mean, they, they sure were trying, but you know, there, there was a little bit of a vibe like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this other team's really, really good. I'm not sure we can do anything to stop it. So yeah. Yeah. Yep, it was a bummer, uh, but yeah, another great season for WC yep. volleyball. Yep, um, they finished third in the conference, which is an incredible feat. In, yeah, it's in such huge. a like a difficult conference, so stacked yep. with teams. Um, you know, I got to watch them sweep UW at home. That was super fun. Um, so uh, you know, they really, honestly, getting a set from San Diego was really fucking impressive. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay that. Like. That was only 12th set they had given up in fucking 26 matches. Like 26 matches. They had only given up 12 sets. They had swept at least most of those. Like it was, I think two of those were in one match. So they had swept the other like, you know, 16. And yeah, so just, just like incredibly good team that they lost to. And not to mention they were playing them on the road. It was like a true road game. Like they were playing them in on San Diego's home court. San Diego was hosting. Uh, that's also why, you know, winning some of those early season uh, non-conference ones are so huge. Because if WSU could have been a, a top sixteen team and been and been hosting, that would have been huge for them. Uh, so hopefully, you know, they got the huge news that um, uh, all five of their players that were seniors, including Pia Timmer and, and Magda, uh, that had a chance to return using the extra year, they're all coming back. So uh, that's they're they're going to be stacked again next year. Um, they're losing one senior. She's very good, Laura. Uh, but but uh, I think they're they're going to be awesome again next year. They they got almost the whole band coming back together. Um, so it'll be it'll be a it'll be a fun year again. So uh, volleyball, great program. Um, awesome to see the run that they just continue to go on and. Uh, you know, something that we hope for so many other, especially basketball programs to, to have such a run. Uh, yes. but yeah. Um, but yeah, Jeff, I guess, you know, uh, I, 
Let me just check the. Actually, you know what? We're an hour and forty minutes in. I'm not looking. I'm not sorry. We're not answering yeah. questions. No, nope. Marcus. No Marcus. Marcus on Twitter. I know you. You fucking. You. You had a lot of conversation about luck. We'll get into luck again at some point. Um, we already talked about the bad injury luck, uh, but the in-game luck is a whole different thing. Uh, but yeah, we'll um, we'll talk about that. I mean, it'll come up at some point, you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, if you want to uh, follow us, I'm uh, uh, at the Craig Powers on Twitter. Jeff is at Pod versus Everyone. Um, and then uh, if you want to, I follow us on Instagram. I'm at Craig W Powers. Jeff is at Newscoog. Um, that's N U S S Coog. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on TikTok at Craig W Powers as well. I, lo- I love the ticks and the talks. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all. If you want to send us an email, any questions, uh, and, you know, maybe sometime we'll, we'll look at them. Um, uh, podcast versus everyone at gmail.com. Please rate us five stars and subscribe in your, in your favorite service there. Please do that. Um, and hey, if we showed up in your, um, in your like, if you're a Spotify listener and we showed up in your wrapped, go ahead and tweet at us. You know, that's fun. Uh, yeah. I saw, I had someone send, send, tag me on Instagram, uh, with, with that we showed up in their wrapped. I'm like, that's fun. That's really cool. We were like your third most let's do podcast this year. That's awesome. It is. So yeah, if we, if we, if you're a Spotify user, which I know it's a small percentage of the listeners, uh, but if you are, let us know and, you know, show us your wrapped with us in it. That we, we'd enjoy that. Um, but yeah, so, uh, Jeff, I guess with all that, all that's left to say is, uh, go kooks. Go kooks, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated. Do it.